Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilience of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know. Because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass. Resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, I'm your host, DBG. And with me today, I got a very, very special guest. He's more than a guest. He's like family. He's a brother from another mother. My boy, Joel Acevedo, also known as Ace, also known as the Platino King. I could go on and on as the also knowns, but I won't take too much thunder. I will say this, though. Ace Ace is a close friend, man. He, when I say he's like family, he, he truly is. Uh, how I met Ace, we served together in Hawaii on my first contract in the Marines. Ace is a Navy corpsman, right? Being in the Navy, he was a, you know, it's called HM. He was a HM3 when I first met him, and now he's running a gun and doing these great things. Uh, still in the Navy, right? Serving how he serves. And if I'm not mistaken, he's out in Texas now, right? So that's my boy, Ace. But Ace, uh, go ahead, man. Welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me, man. This is something special to me, man. Like, I... It, the day's been going back and forth where we were just trying to lock in and get this thing going. But life, you know, man, it always throws those curveballs at you, man. And eventually you got to hit a home run, right? Unless you yeah. strike out. But hey, you're going to have another at bat, though. And this is it for right sure, here. Sure. Dude, uh, go, going back to one thing that I feel like me and you always have this conversation when we link back up because, I mean, I mean, you could you could correct me if I'm wrong. We only talk every now and then, and even then, it's like we never miss a beat. And I, I talk about that in some of my past episodes about you know uh, your circle small. And at this, matter of fact, I came up with this saying with you. I'm pretty sure you know like you're gonna have a lot of friends, you're gonna have a lot of acquaintances, but the two people in your circle, the ones who will always look out for you, who have the same interests as you and the same mindset, that same village is gonna be super super tiny. Whether that be in the military, whether that be people you grew up with. Uh, it's always going to be a small thing, and and I'm truly glad that I can say that you're part of that crew, right? Because there's not that many yeah, of y'all. It's 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 definitely a unique situation, man. You know, having close people in your life. You know, like you said, man, you may not talk every now and then, every day, but when you link up, man, it's like, hey, time to catch up real quick, shed some light, man, show some love, and then pop smoke. See you on the next one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then another thing, I mean, one thing that when I first met you that made me gravitate towards you was the fact that you was another Latino dude, right? I knew you was from New Jersey, and we immediately linked up. You growing up in uh, the Rawway area, me growing up in the Linden Elizabeth area, we definitely automatically clicked, you know, on the same car. Uh, so go ahead and tell anybody who's listening, because obviously no one's going to know Ace how I know Ace. So go ahead and tell them who you are, where you came from. Give your story, bro. All right. So, um, so my name is Joel, obviously, uh, I was born in, uh, Newark, New Jersey, and I was raised in Dominican Republic till about four or five years old. Um, it was rough out there. Actually, no, I was, I think I was about six or seven when I came back to America. Um, it was rough out there, man. It was crazy. You know, I'm from wiping my butt with banana leaves to playing <laughs> baseball, 
with a broomstick and a little blue caps on the water jugs. You know what I'm talking about? You turn upside down. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the ball. You know what I mean? Unless, unless, unless we could make a, a, a ball out of a sock and rocks, man. But that's how we made it out there playing baseball. Shoot, man, it's, it was it's a crazy uh, it was a crazy lifestyle, man. I mean, it's <laughs> you don't fist fight out there. They throw rocks at each other, bro. Like <laughs> whoever gets knocked out, you know, they caught the loss. So <laughs> if you're bleeding out one day, man, you know you lost that fight. <laughs> No oh, man. But, so you said you you was uh I'm sorry to cut you off. You said you was six or seven years old when you got to the United States. Yeah, just about man. I ain't know English or nothing, man. I had to go to ESL, man. I had the worst accent. Everybody making fun of me. Kids making fun of me. And then like you had to like it's either you adapt to your environment or you succumb to it. Honestly. Go ahead and walk everybody through, because I know Rawway, New Jersey, as Rawway, the rough way, uh, and that yeah. speaks for itself. However, go ahead and tell anybody who's listening right now, like what it is to be a young, you know, Dominican American kid <laughs> growing up in Rawway, well, New Jersey. I'm, I'm mixed, man. I'm mixed. I'm I'm mixed. I'm Dominican, Puerto Rican, and Black, but um, mostly Dominican overall, just because of you know the relatives and the raising. But um, when I came back. Uh, before I came back, I remember the day that my mom picked me up, man. I was walking in the streets in DR. I had this big old water jug on my head, carrying it like if I'm like, like if I'm some like homeless little kid out there in DR, man. Like with yeah, just I'm carrying this water jug on my head, walking down the street, and all I hear is my mom, "Mira, muchacho, la caña, what are you doing?" Yelling at me, right? Just blazing. I'm like, "Hey, yo, who's this crazy? Oh, that's my mom. You ain't nobody's slave. Get over here!" Like yelling at me, man. She takes me back to my grandma house. And and I remember she was just yelling at everybody like y'all got my hair, my kid out here acting like a, a slave or some shit carrying y'all's water y'all got hands and legs too y'all can go over there it was a wild day man it was a real wild day uh, like I said man DR was crazy man like you know I, you know witches experiences too man that I don't mm, that's I respect everything like that people be like oh is that crazy like mm, I respect it man like I remember I had this one witch experience like my grandmother always told me don't go upstairs at nighttime. And every now and then the lights go out out there because, you know, you ain't paying for it. So the lights here, the lights here. Once the lights go out, it's out until whenever it comes on. And yeah. until you hear everybody in the streets, and then everybody on the lights <laughs> is back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shoot, let me go charge my son, right? So yeah. uh, lights went out one day, man. I heard some noise, some clinking in the background. And the first thing I did, I don't know why, but I went upstairs and I went to the roof and trying to figure out, like, where all this noise coming from because it's keeping me up. I'm trying to sleep. And when I get up there, uh, I, I like lock eyes with this being, and it's like an old, old lady, crazy hair, man. All you see is fire, this big old pot. She's dumping stuff in there, and uh, and, and all of a sudden she locks eyes with me. I couldn't move for like, like I don't even know. Time stopped, man, until my grandma came, found me, and she was like, "Meet up!" And she, as soon as she grabbed me and shocked me out of it, I'm like, "Oh." I ain't know. So she took me downstairs and my grandma, she used to, she, she had, she ran her own church and so did her sister, which yeah. is my aunt, who also helped raise me. And, uh, she, uh, as soon as uh, they found me, they, they, they brought me downstairs and then they started praying all this crazy shit, man. I had so much goosebumps and all this craziness going on, man. I, like my head flat, like it was, it was just a wild experience, man. DR was crazy. But, but anyway, back to, uh, getting back to the States. <laughs> 
but that's but it. Any, I got but to anyway, <laughs> as as we we take a break from the pan- <laughs> par- paranormal activity episode of Resilience on the Rocks. Okay, so, so you get to New Jersey, right? Go ahead. I get to New Jersey, man. Uh, um, I'm living in Irvington at the time. You know, mom's only mom's really. She was running the streets for us, man. She was she was the only one working really. She, you know, I didn't. You know, my my pops was around every now and then. You know, he'll pick us up on the weekends when he can. Drop off like sixty dollars on Thursdays or Fridays. You know, but it was really just me and my three brothers, and my mom's just gone, man. Every every night she'd be gone. She she used to work at the airport out in uh, uh, Newark International Airport, and she'd be out there doing her thing. And she don't get home till like three in the morning, four or five, depending on what days of the week. You know, by the time she get home, you know, she's either yelling at us, <laughs> okay, why the house mm-hmm. why the house dirty, or she got to go to sleep to wake up and do that shit again. But uh. It was it was definitely a, a, a rough experience in Irvington, man, from from gun shootings to robberies to gang banging to you know, carjacking. I mean, you name it, it was it was terrible, man. My first time I witnessed somebody getting shot, I was like I was like nine, ten coming coming home from school as I was and bro, first of all, coming home from yeah. school was is is something different, man. It's it's always something crazy going on. Um, but I remember coming home from school, and as I'm opening the door, all I hear is pow, pow. Oh, I turn around like, oh, what the hell, right? And there was this this fat kid. He we we called him we called him uh, uh, Stanley, and he he done <laughs> shot this this big dude. His name was Joe. I used to call him Tiger. I was a kid, but I don't know. He had never yeah. stretch marks from being so gigantic, man. The dude was his wingspan, bro. He had to walk through the doors like a crab. He was so big, bro. <laughs> so. So I remember turning around, Stanley done shot uh, Tiger in the, in the, wherever the hell he shot him, bow, 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 turned around, blood all in his white tee, you know, the, you know, it had the white tee, you know, the, the 5X Galaxy The 5X tea, Galaxy <laughs> tee, I had that two-tone joint with the black, with the black on the sleeve. Yeah, man, on, so there he is, Stanley stripping him, taking all the stuff out of his pocket, man, my, I turned around, my mm-hmm. mom in the window, get, uh, my mom getting, the, she opened the door up, seeing me outside, get your eyes in the house. So I'm like, yeah, I just witnessed the murder at you know at the age of eight, nine, man. It was, it was a wild experience. Um, shoot, uh, around I want to say like, as soon as I had like around age like 15, 16, I remember coming home from school again, and I had on like red chucks and crossing the bridge coming from uh from um from school. Uh, these two crips, they 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 approached me and was like, hey, what's what's cracking, cuz what's what's all this, you know. What's with the red? You know how they were, right? Yeah. And, and I'm like, hey, man, it's the shoes, man. Nothing crazy. Uh, they 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 immediately be- commenced the, the butt whooping on me, man. So the they just jumped me. Yeah. yeah, they they jumped me, man. Took my shoes off. The most disrespectful part, it wasn't the shoes, man, they, that, that that they took them off me. It's the fact that they tied them up and hung them up on a, <laughs> right, on oh, a, on a cable line, man, the power lines in the streets, man. So every time I come, I go to school and come home from school, I see them two things right there. Like, dang, man. It was terrible, man. So then my mom got sick of that happening and she was like, all right, that's enough. Enough of this. Like you're going to get killed one day out here. It's, it's crazy. So she sent me to go live with my dad. And that's when um I first uh went to high school in Rawway because at the time I was going to Irvington High and my yeah. freaking art teacher was Queen Latifah's mom, which was crazy. But oh, um, yeah, but uh. So yeah, I got to Rawway High School, and and again, man, my education system was terrible in New Jersey, in in Irvington. 
And um, when I when I got to Rawway, like I understood what it was to be like a good teacher and, and, and to see the teachers that, you know, that you see on TV that always caring for the student and the student's an asshole. And, right. Yeah, and and, and that's what they were over there, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can do better, man. I got faith. And, and that's how it was, man. That, that, that school system did it for us, man. Not even just the teachers itself, man. They don't get enough credits these days. But the coaches, too, man, like they they brought out the best in you you know, at your worst time, you know, especially my, you know, the infamous coach, uh, Coach Stubert, man, out of Rawway, man, Coach Stu. If anybody know Coach Stu out at the slums over there in Rawway, man, they know that he he is legendary in the, in the streets, man. He's He was the, the greatest coach of all coach? time, man. Wrestling. He, that white dude, right? Yeah, with the I, beard. I, yeah, I know. He's, he's Italian, correct? Legend, legend. I'm not sure. Yeah, that dude, like, he came background. to... At the, yeah, I think he's a. I, I remember that guy because he he came to Linden for a while to teach mm-hmm. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't a wrestler. My boys was wrestling, but I remember if if that's the same dude, I know that guy. Yeah, he's solid. That's he what's was up. yeah. He was. I mean, at the age of 60, 70, mm-hmm. 80, he runs circles around all these little punk teenagers, and then he wrestled them down to the dirt, beat up on them just to make them stronger, man. And they always made sure like education was first, man, and it's. Honestly, man, I, if, if I owe anything to anybody nowadays, man, it, it definitely would be Raleigh uh, school system as well as that coach, man, for sure, and my team. Okay. That was, that so was then, crazy. So, you, you know, you're, you're in New Jersey, you're going through it, and then you, you got this smooth transition to a, a, a little bit, a little bit, uh, excuse me, a little bit better of the pie, right? And mm-hmm. then you get to experience, you know, what it is for someone to start, really start taking care of you, other than Mom Dukes who's hooking and oh, jabbing sure. the whole time for yeah. you, right? And I definitely could relate to that. Um so then what's the next step for you? Because obviously, I mean, you're 16, 17, 16 to 17. Yeah. Obviously, you're about to be an adult, and it's time to hit the real yeah. world. And what's your yeah. next move? So after, you know, learning that I was good at wrestling and having an opportunity to get a scholarship, I still wasn't mentally ready to embrace education because I thought I was dumb, and you know, and and. And it wasn't my fault. Honestly, obviously, we can always blame ourselves for any uh, any of our shortcomings. But um, I never thought that I was smart ever, no matter what it was. You know, I was that student trying to hide in the background, trying when it's time to read in class. You know, trying to think one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm, I'm number eight. So let me go ahead and count these paragraphs. <laughs> let me re- <laughs> let me reread these real quick. Uh, like, I gotta use the bathroom, y'all. I'll be back. <laughs> Go okay. For it, man. No, I was I was just saying that as a joke. Like, hey, excuse me, miss. I have to use the bathroom. I don't gotta come on, dog. I gotta uh, use nah, the bathroom. Nah. I ain't reading this. Nah, I'm good right now. We, nah, I can sit here for was, a while. Nah, nah. When it was time to read, they made sure everybody, hey, everybody peed already. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, lock the doors. Ain't nobody getting out. <laughs> so, uh, so there I was, man. Rereading my shit. Hey, my turn. Still stuttering, bro. So, oh, so that was, that's always been one of my greatest fears was reading because I just was terrible at it, man. Um, but then uh, after finally uh, graduating from there in 2006, I tried to join the Marine Corps. There you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I had this guy who was recruiting me was Staff Sergeant Del Pesh. I'll put his fucking name out there. He did me wrong. <laughs> He did me wrong. Get him, boy. Um, so uh, recruited me and all that stuff. And then uh, 
got all the paperwork done, and I was supposed to leave on September 11th. Uh, oh, wow. 2000, yeah, 2010, and I wasn't feeling it because, you know, it's 9-11, right? And everywhere yeah. I go, I see 9-11, this, 9-11, that, all of this. And I'm like, yo, don't I supposed to have a job or something? So I go back and I go talk to this dude like, yo, man, um, mind you, we're young and dumb, right? We don't know yeah. crap. Yeah. And uh, I, I get with him and I'm like, hey, man, so what a, what job do I have? Like, you gave me a date that I'm leaving, but you still didn't tell me what job I'm going to mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, you're going to go be a cook. And I'm like, hey, yo, a cook? <laughs> I mean, not for nothing, no disrespect to nobody, but I feel like I could do a little more than that, right? You know? So, so you got anything else? He's like, ah, y'all see when we could change it, but your date's already locked in. You can't change it now, blah, blah, blah. We're months away. And I'm like, nah, bro. <laughs> First of all, how you know I qualify for this, right? And he's like, well, you, you, you know, he's trying to like finesse me and come yeah, to find out. put your name out. on it. Somehow it. he got some motherfucker to take my test for me and oh, scored really? like <laughs> and scored like a 30, bro. Like a, like a 20 something. Like they were like a 29 or something crazy. It was a low, low, low number. And uh That's wild. Yeah, bro. Like I'm like, hey, yo, nah, I'm not having this, you know? I need something better. So he was like, oh, we could try to change it. Months and months can't pass him by. He's just like, oh, you mm-hmm. good, don't worry about it. And then come to find out, I was like, you know what, man? I'm done. I'm not doing this. He's like, well, you just can't leave. You're going to get dishonorable discharge. And I'm like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Young rebellious. <laughs> you can't get to do nothing. You're going to have a hard time getting a job. So what? So, so as I'm about to exit the door, I was just about to make a right to exit, but I saw this big old Navy logo. And then an arrow like this, this way, right? <laughs> Over here, right? And uh, so I'm like, you know what? I'm about to make this right. All right, so so I turned, went to the Navy office. They're not gonna take you when they find out you 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 left. Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. So I get in there, and the first thing I see when I walk in through the door, I had a, a second class that was like macking into some random like recruiting. Like I mean, this dude was just sitting there like, so tell me about your day. Like <laughs> so I'm like, hey yo, what is going on here? Like you know, and then I look to the left, and then there's a chief sitting on his sitting on his table and his feet are up on his desk and he yeah. got his big old coffee bug with the big old anchor on it. He's just sipping on it. Didn't even grit me or nothing when I came in. He was like, oh, it's just another person. And yeah. he's like, oh, fine, I'll put the coffee down. What do you want? What do I want? And then in the back of my head, I'm like, this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> yeah. So finally told him what happened, man. And uh, they were like, all right, bet. Let's... Uh, what? They did what? Boom. Book the next door. All you hear is yelling. He comes back. Let's go. You got an ID? I was like, yeah. He was like, let's go. I'm like, what do you mean, let's go? You just met me. Where are we going? <laughs> you didn't take me to dinner, player. It's like, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so we, uh, he took me to go take the ASVAB. And I took the ASVAB again. They explained him the ha- what happened and all that stuff. So I took it. I'm saying that's quarter 56. There you whatever. go. Whatever. You know, I'm not no rocket scientist, but shoot, I'm better than a 30. Um, and then he showed me a list of everything. And I was like, what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? And then he got to Corman and I was like, what's this? He was like, oh, well, they're like combat medics for the Marines. And I'm like, so I get to be with the Marines? He was like, yeah. I'm like, sign Bet. me up when I leave. <laughs> and he told me when I left, I was like, let's do it. I don't care. So I wound up leaving uh, June 
2009. June 2nd, 2009, I depped out. On my, right before I left. Don't go, man. Hey, all your friends and family always trying to hold you back. Yeah. You're the closest one. You're going to die out there, man. You're going you're gonna to die, man. Don't go. You know, everybody gets it. it just, you just got to say, man, fuck the noise. Go do what you got to do, man. It's your life. Somebody else can't live it for you. True, true, so true. Then, uh, so then finally depth out, uh, went to core school in Great Lakes, Illinois. Uh, then after that, I went to California where uh, I went to Field Medical Training Battalion, FMTB, what they used to call it back then. I'm not sure if they still call it that now. Um, and that's when they train you how to be a corpsman with the Marines, and they run you through a little mini boot camp style. Yeah. They teach you everything um, from you know medical to shooting to walking and marching like Marines and getting haircuts like that. Pretty much imitating everything yeah. they do, but you know, the Navy yep. style. Uh, it was a pretty cool school, man. I mean, again, I never knew I was, a, I would never, I, I was never smart again. Right. And every time I got, I got to those like points in life where I had to start learning new things and taking tests and challenging like my, my, my capability as a, you know, as a, as a person, I, I always fell behind cause I was just, my education was just garbage, man. And I always latched on to somebody always latched on to somebody, whether they were a genius or not. I latched on to the one person. I said, you're a genius, and I see it, and I'm latching on to them. And I latch on to that man, and I learned everything from that man, no matter how young or old they were. Like, I always, there's always something you can learn from everybody. And that's what I did, man, and, and latched on to those guys and just retained as much as possible. I still was struggling, but I was making it, right? So yeah. Whatever you got to do to make it nowadays is just what you got to do. Regardless if you enjoy it or not, you just got, you can't, you can't fall behind. So that was my mindset at that time. And uh, to this day, I still talk to those people that, uh, that were very essential to my upcoming in the military. Um, right after field med, uh, got to Pendleton where I served at a hospital, Camp Pendleton. And then I was attached to the 1st Marine Division where we would, you know, we would literally just help with like um, all the boots that go through there. But yeah. other than that, we did. I never had a chance to like run with those Marines. Just like you know, hey, we got another hike coming up, or hey, we need Cormorant coverage for the range, or hey, we need you know they're going on another you know X Y Z whatever they whatever yeah. they're going to do. So that's what we supported with. And then uh, so I was like, all right, I need to do something a little more attached to them. So that's when I got out of Camp Pendleton and got orders to come to Third Marines over there with the with the with the Kings of Battle, 112. Oh, yeah. That where I first served with the Alpha Battery. And uh, then they rotated me out from Alpha. I did a little bit of time with Charlie, and then I left with Echo, where we deployed, um, did our little tours, and got ninja punched. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Got ninja punched. I know you remember that. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to dabble into that story. But long story short, man, you know, don't if you're not supposed to do something, because your unit's not supposed to do something, don't do it just because you're a different entity and you follow other rules. Because at the end of the day, they're going to throw you a book at you anyway, man. There's always going to be some schmuckatelli walking around with a sledgehammer ready to wreck careers. And that day was my turn. Um, luckily, because of my first sergeant, who was a hell of a freaking Marine and a hell of a leader, uh, it was because of him I didn't they didn't touch my rank, my money, 
I did a lot of time. I did like 45, 45. Mm-hmm. And then he touched my money. But then I came back. Once we came back from deployment, I did another 45, 45. No, I remember that. touched my money. So, first Sergeant Lopez, man. Greatest first sergeant oh, yeah. I've ever seen in my life. But I remember I with any Marines, man. And, yeah. uh, and he vouched for the Marine, for the corpsman, man. He vouched for the corpsman. That's what I'm saying. And, and and exactly what you said. I don't want to go ahead and throw your whole story of what happened. I mean, it's kind of relevant. But I think what's a great takeaway from what I remember when, you know, when you were coming back from that deployment is, uh, for example, like you could have took that ninja punch and it could have been all down south from there, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I see it happen all the time. Uh, individuals get in trouble. Or something happens in your life outside the military, in the military. Something happens and then immediately it's a down spiral. Like, you have that one opportunity mm-hmm. to choose how you want it to go. Uh, but I, I got to say, I mean, I won't even take the story from you. I mean, how did it go afterwards? Like, what was the next man, following steps after, oh, man. after that so, happened? So, you know, I'm, I'm a true believer in what goes around comes around. And I don't I don't ever mess with that force. Right. Because, you know, people you you always find the, 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 the those people that just some bad happening for X person because X person were right about, hey, he's not supposed to be drinking that, that and the other. Right. Yeah. And uh, they'll wish bad things on them. And I've never done anything like that, man. And I never wished anything like that. The day that we got back, the same person that, you know, ratted us out, him and his entire family got into a ridiculous car wreck. And I was like, wow, that is, that is crazy. It's crazy not because, you know, what goes around comes around. It's crazy that his whole family was involved in that. And... I always thanked myself, like, man, I'm so happy that I was a, a person that never, like, wished bad things on people. Because I would have had to sit that on, on my conscience for the rest of my life had anything else, you know, would have happened to that family. And, and yeah, they, they survived and everything. But still, you know, any chance is a terrible chance, right? So the struggle of, you know, bouncing back was a, man, it was a, it was, it was definitely a hill. A hill the size of a freaking gigantic mountain because it was a small hill right i mean it's, it's a small hill because it's i didn't go to jail and nothing crazy but you just still had to be in isolation you had to rake rocks you know sweep sand mop <laughs> mud and paint <laughs> paint parking spots and 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 sidewalks and you're just this glorified probably one of the highest paid janitors in the streets right yeah and, and you, it, it humbles you man it, it humbles you and uh it's it was definitely a, a experience where you you got to have grit to just keep pushing forward no matter how how minute you look you know because it's very demeaning you know don't get me wrong you know it's liberty it's liberty everybody getting ready to go and do X Y Z and you sitting there and, mm, y'all have a good one <laughs> right and it's not <laughs> it's not a good feeling at heart man um what got me through that was I keep. It's so bad of me doing this, too. I keep a blank mind, dude. Everything I do, I keep a blank mind, and I try not to let anything stress me. And it's, there's enough stressful stuff in life as it is, man. What we can control is our personal feelings, man. You can't control the things around you. You can manipulate some, right? You 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 can manipulate certain things, but sometimes when you go through a struggle, man, the way out of it is maintaining a level of peace in your own head, right? Maintaining yourself physically is a huge one. Man, when I when 
I don't want to jump. I don't want to jump ahead on this one, but but maintaining your your strength is another one, uh, physically and mentally, right? Because not only is your body a muscle, but your mind is one as well, and you can exercise it. And uh, that was that was a tough period, um, getting over that, just because you know you had. I served a lot of a lot of days, man, by myself. Nah, no yeah, phone. Nah, I remember, dude. You in a box. They call you. You be in uniform. They check your uniform and and. You go back and you go and you go back and you gotta you know what I mean. You can't go anywhere without somebody over your neck, right? So that yeah. was that was a that was a terrible time. But anyway, after I got out of uh, got out of that situation, uh, started doing better as a corpsman, started doing better as a person, right? Um, my unit, they always knew that I, I there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. So that that's something that I never had a question. My work ethic was never a question. It's just that I made a poor decision, you know, at a poor time, right? And then the right person with the wrong mind saw me at the right time. So that's what got me, right? And uh, finally, uh, right before I left uh, the the Marines uh, or 112, uh, the the Pond at that time was visiting different areas. And it just so happened that they stopped at Third Marines and they started, they got together with all the chiefs and they all were talking and the Marforce Master, Marfor Pack Master Chief was there and, they were all talking like, "Who, who's all your your troublemakers? Is that any other?" Somehow my name came up, and mm. they looked at my records, and they saw like I, I was just everybody was vouching for me. Like, have nothing but good evaluations, and you know, I mean, when I got on deck, I had my Fleet Marine Force pin like in in no time, yep. right? So I was knocking shit out of the park. My Marines were all taken care of. Everything was on par. It just so happened that I, you know, you sometimes you you gotta you, you made your bed, right? Yep. So. So they got with me. They pulled me in. And first of all, I'm in shock. I'm like, what the heck is these people doing here? And why am I here? And they talking to me and telling me all this stuff. And I finally, you know, told them what happened. And then they're like, all right, look, I want to see you stay in my Navy. You have a good trajectory of which you, you're going to do great things. And I, and according to every chief in this mess, they all said that you're a stellar sailor. So I want to make sure we keep you in. They, they said, if I leave there with, zero problems that they'll remove all that shit from my records. So that, that, that was a blessing in disguise, man. It was a blessing in disguise. Uh, had I not kept my head up, man, and, and, and got into a sunken, sunken mindset. Oh, definitely. I'd been out already. Who knows what, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's easy, man. I mean, you, you seen it. I mean, I see it now. A lot of my homies mm-hmm. that are getting out, I mean, uh, you have one bump in the road and that bump could be really, really big or really, really small. Absolutely. Either way, uh, you choose and you decide. You could choose to to weep and mourn. But guess what, dude? You can't change any of it. The past is the past. Yeah. The now is the mm-hmm. now. You can't control the future. You can control the now. And like you said, you can manip- manipulate a little bit, but control the now. So mm-hmm. you chose your now to be, I'm going to start making these moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it's it's sad to say, but a lot of dudes won't make those moves. A lot of those dudes use that as an excuse. I yep. can't complete this in my life because, man, I fill in the blank, the Marine stuff, mm-hmm, the Navy stuff. Mm-hmm, uh, I, take, that hold mirror, yourself man. accountable. Yeah. You, messed, you messed up, bro. Like, for example, mm-hmm. look yourself in the mirror and say, I messed up. Okay, cool. Yep. But you have to move on from it, right? So mm-hmm. you moved on from it. And then moving forward, where did you go next? So right after right after that, I had orders and I wanted to go to a C-school. I was like, hey, man, I want to do something a little more high speed. So then I was going to go for like some sort of special operations C school, where I was looking at SARC, I was looking at search and rescue, I was looking at uh, recon, I was looking at a bunch of them, and then my chief yeah. was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow down! 
before <laughs> you make your decision, let me talk to you real quick. So he, he told me, like, I think you should make yourself more marketable on the outside. The Navy's not going to be there for you forever. And the event something happens, you got to have something to fall back on. So Chief, uh, probably senior or master chief by now, Velasante, uh, put his name out there because he was a boss. Um, and, yeah, because of him, I, I, I kind of changed my mind to do something else. So then I opened up the book again and see what options I had. And there goes my cousin. Little Mexican cat, fucking. I used to have my really my cousin, like we're blood, but he's he's tight. Like I call you my cousin, right? Yeah. And I and I'm like, yo, what's up, dog? He's like, yo, I heard you trying to figure another school. I was like, yeah, dog, what's up? He's like, <laughs> yo, do this one. And he, I was like, what is this? He was like, it's bio, man. He was like, I was like, bro, I never heard of this. What is this, man? I'm not about to be picking bodies up out of a freaking. You know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not about to be in a cellar and then crazy like that. But he was like, yeah, it's B-Mag. You got to work with medical equipment. You, you go with electronics. You go with computers. I know you're going to be good with this. Trust me. And I'm like, well, you never guided me wrong, bro. Like, all right. All right, I'm going to do it. So then I put in a package, went to school, and there I am again, getting humbled. Yeah, education system kicking my butt, right? Learning was tough, you know. It was a, a year and a half course out here in Fort Sam Houston. And day one. When I tell you I opened up this book and I seen mathematic equations that I never knew existed, <laughs> well, <laughs> see, yep. I, well, it's like Chinese nice knowing, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just another language, man. And I was not, I was not tracking, but I wasn't letting that stop me. You know, I wasn't gonna let that stop me. And guess what I did? What's up? I found another genius person in the classroom. <laughs> and I latched right on their hips, and that one was my boy Seth Martin. Man, that dude was a genius. Man, there's he grabs anything and learns it, and I'm like, yo, how do you do this? And and I could never understand how how some people are just so gifted at understanding things like that when it comes to information. They could just read it, track it, lock in, and and replay. You know, and it's unbelievable. But I locked on to him, man, and took everything from him, man. I mean. The first day of the uh, of the first course of the biomed program, it's a 17 day, just all math and, and all sorts of like physics and stuff. I had no idea about none of this stuff, and uh, struggled through it the entire time. And days one to the last day of uh, of this of that classroom, I slept maybe like two to three hours a night just trying to just reread the entire stuff back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Rewrite it, rewrite it, read it again, rewrite it, do another equation. Like I'm telling you, man, it was, I'm making games out of flashcards, like just trying to force this information into my rock. Right. And because I had doubts, I always doubted my, my knowledge. I thought was thought it was stupid. Right. And, uh, so I I would put myself down a lot and, Finally, fast forward, graduated, couldn't believe it, first and foremost, but uh, it was very sentimental to me because it just it just showed that hard work triumphs all, right? No matter how hard the struggle is, no matter how deep things may take you, nothing can defeat you if you don't give up. Mm. It, it, mm. Just, it just doesn't work like that. And the more that you push on, no matter how bumpy that road gets, don't look back. Just keep pushing forward. Keep fighting. Whatever it is that you got to do, you know what it is. Everybody everybody that struggles with something in life, they only struggle by choice because in their head, they know what their problems are. They just choose to fa- they, 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 they just choose not to face them, right? 
let's look at weight loss for 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 a for a change, right? People that know that they struggle from weight loss, they're like, oh, I work out, I do this, that, and the other. But what is the real underlying issue? I got this, that, and the other going on with my body. But then when you take a look at their dinner table, like you're like, hey, yo, that's your problem and not that, you know? Yeah. So, so it's the same concept, man. You just gotta keep working out what you want. And I just kept, I just kept pushing forward, man, until I graduated. Finally graduated. Then I went to Naples, Italy, and that's where I first started, you know, actually utilizing what I learned. And I went from feeling like a complete idiot to being a complete genius in no time. Not because I thought that I was smarter than anybody else, but because of the fact that I utilized everything I learned and I actually put it to use. As to another person that was there with me at that same area, uh, the dude was a complete genius with the books. I'm talking about he'll repeat everything. Even till this day, he probably could re-repeat everything that he learned on the first two courses, whereas like heavy math information, crazy stuff. But when it came to actually doing the job, forget about it. He didn't know what he was doing. So, so yeah. all that book knowledge sometimes, man, I, 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 I tell my students all the time, like that book knowledge, it's good for you because it gives you foundation of what you want to start with. But when it ultimately comes down to that foundation is how well can you put it to use, right? I would prefer a student with a low grade average, but his efforts to make that 70 outweighs the genius with that 99.9% that barely tries. Like, oh, I didn't have to. Wow, wow, you got to, oh, man, I got to, you know what I mean? Like. Come on, man. It's, it's, you know, and, and you see it all the time, man. They'll fight for five points just to get 100. Like, bro, relax. You got a 95. It's going to be all right, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And yeah, so I'll take, I'll take that hardworking, dedicated, nothing can stop person cutting bare minimums just to make it over that 99.9% student any day of the week. No, I got, I got to stop you real quick. I got to stop you real quick, Sorry. right? So to, to fill everybody in, because I know what you're doing now, but to bring it all full circle, you're this you know young man growing up, get, thinking that you're not the sharpest tool in the shed, getting made fun of, of how, you, how you're speaking your English and, and all that great stuff. Then you get to the Navy and you're constantly battling the issue of, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Can I complete this? You complete one of the hardest courses that you've been through. And and you survived that test, but now after you know you, you utilize it, become a subject matter expert. Now what are you doing? Uh, what does it bring you down? The full circle. The student has become the teacher. <laughs> so so now you're, am, you're teaching the course, yeah, that same yeah, course right now, that you're. Uh, yep, that same thing that I thought I was completely trash about. I'm sitting here till this day teaching that same information. It's awesome, man. I think never will I ever thought. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone reading in front of people. I fought that back, right? Conquered that. Got way better at it. You got comfortable at it. The learning process is tough and actually like reproducing other people to do what I have done once and to hopefully get them to come back and give back to the community. It's, it's my only goal here. Because I care that much about the community. That's awesome. That's awesome that you get to mold the future, right? The future sailors in this specific yeah. uh, line line yeah. of work, right? Because yeah, it means a lot to I mean, me. yeah, I mean, I think it's dope. One, being an instructor means a lot because you could. It's just like we were talking about earlier with teachers. Like, 
you have an opportunity to mold and put your imprint on somebody. But it's also easy to be the guy who's like, hey, uh, this is what you need to learn uh, to do the check in the box. I don't have to be there for you. Whether that be a leader in the military or a leader in a school system. And I think the individuals who stick their neck out. I mean, it's like you said, you will, you will always remember the coach's name and those teachers' names who help mm-hmm. you. I got a list of small teachers and leaders in, from the military, uh, outside the military, in the military, that I could go off off my fingers right here looking at you like okay these are the people who impacted me because they cared because they wanted to be that role model because they wanted to leave you know a little bit salt and pepper on you that they had Mm -hmm. and i think i think that's a beautiful thing because not everybody's gonna have that Mm -hmm. thank you Mm. thank you man i appreciate you that's very honoring man um so once i got my orders out of the schoolhouse i got next i my next orders were to naples italy where i did four years and my first year there, I mean, absolutely everything that I could put my hands on, I literally, every piece of equipment, every work order that came up, whether it was something scheduled, something that broke yeah. on the fly, all of that stuff, I'm jumping on it, man. And I learned a lot. And uh, my year and a half, almost t- close to two year mark, uh, a deployment came up and they were requesting a biomed to go to Afghanistan for 14 months. Mm. And we all look around as soon as that information came out, we all at the table we're having breakfast and everybody, the moment he said to Afghanistan, everybody's like, yeah, the, the, the one kid that scored the, the 99 point, whatever grade he got in the schoolhouse. The first thing that came out that man's mouth, all the respect, you know, I ain't fully 100% judging him on it, but uh, just a little bit, <laughs> mama, he was like, well, I came here to travel and I'm like, Hey, yo, what? <laughs> I came here to travel. What kind of what kind of issue was that? And then another 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 one of the other sailors were like, Well, I don't know. My wife, she finds out I, I, I selected this appointment, man. She'll have my ass. And I'm like, Hey, yo, what? <laughs> so that left whatever that left, you know, everybody to not like be selected. And then next thing you know, I get selected. Uh first and foremost, I said, Oh, I mean, I'm down, I'm down to, to do it, you know. I don't have a problem with that. But if y'all can't pick anybody else, then obviously I'm going to be it. And there was nobody else to pick from. So by default, it fell on me anyway. So I'm happy that I didn't bitch out trying to be like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Right? Because <laughs> you know, it was going to, it fell on me anyway. So by default, yeah. so I had no control over that. But um, that same dude, we made believe like the next week over, we were like, hey, man, let's play a prank. Hey, say they called again. They got a deployment for, for two months to one of the Navy ships, you know, the comfort. You know, boy, we said that mm-hmm. thing. The first thing that, that I came to travel guy came up was like, oh, I'll take it. Like, man, oh, man. It. This guy. <laughs> we just played, man. So anyway, man, uh, so I deployed. Uh, man, day one of deployment. I'm talking about it takes forever to get there, right? And we got to fly at nighttime. And we are in a C-130. And on our way in, we start getting, they started rocketing us. And we're we're like literally so close. I'm like, man, they couldn't pick a, another time right now when we trying to land, like you know. So back in my head, I'm like, man, I came to fix stuff. Y'all here got me like, I'm shook, <laughs> right? And and all of a sudden, all you see this plane go instead of like landing like a regular plane, this shit goes. And my stomach was in the back of my neck, and then I tell you right now, I'm scared, man. I'm holding on for dear life, like oh, I didn't come for this, right? We finally land. First thing that happens when we get there, we get approached by uh, two chiefs that were there to pick us up. They're like, hey, grab your bag. We got to go. 
And as soon as so I'm like, yo, what's going on? Can we get a greeting? Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Nah, we got to go. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So the first thing uh, he says, yo, we got a mask out coming in. Seven bodies. We need to go take care of that right now. I'm like, take care of that. What you, what you, what you mean, we? <laughs> right? You know, in my head, I'm like, what you mean, we, bro? Oh, man. Can't fix stuff. So then, um, so then uh, right after, so right after, right after we were moving, all you hear, like, the siren going off. Rocket attack, rocket attack. And I'm like, hey, yo, this is for real. <laughs> rocket attack. Oh, wow. And then all you hear the C-Rams the start going off. It goes, right? The C-Ram is like this giant, it looks like a, it looks like a, a, a big old water container, those big metal containers with yeah. like a gun on it. And it just, all it does is just tries to shoot the, 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 the indirect fire out of the air. And it, it never hits. It never hits. It looks good, but it never hits. It never fucking hits. <laughs> so all you hear, you start hearing explosions. And I'm like, man, what am I getting myself into? It's kind of a deal, right? So we finally get there. And off the rip, you already see people moving in. Like the the there's a bunch of MRAPs coming in, and all you just see people on litters. And I'm like, yo, I'm talking about these, you know, you know, you know, rest in peace or not. I don't know if they made it or not, but um, just just people just dismembered, just coming in, just dismembered. Oh like, man, missing legs, missing arms, double amps, like, and you know, it was just unbelievable. And then here they are handing me. I got. I'm dropping my bags. I'm like, yo, I didn't. All right, cool. I'll drop all my bags, and they're just handing me bags with like body parts in it. I'm like, I guess I'll hold on to this, you know. And I'm over here just, just two, three in the morning. I got body parts in my hands. I just landed. I'm running on like one hour of sleep, and Bro. all I can think of is like, what is going on right now? Like, what's happening right now? So then. I finally followed the the dude to tell me to follow him, and I gave the bag up, and we, you know, turned that body over to the to the the emergency department. Come back out, he's like, "Yo, follow me. This is what y'all gonna be doing." I'm like, "What you mean, y'all? All right, Playboy, I'm a B bat, right, cuz, right?" <laughs> he was like, "Nah, man. So you guys are here for 14 months. You guys need to be the continuity as we leave and transfer over to the next, you know, commanding officer." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I see what you're saying." So fuck me, right? <laughs> so then, so so we so on the spot, like literally, you landing and you're learning, and uh, so there I am, fucking grabbing bodies, uh, from either from the MRAPs or whatever vehicles they come in on, or the, we go back to the helo pad to go pick up the bodies as they're coming in for this the mass cows, and they're typically gonna be, you know, they're probably gonna be, they're most likely gonna be passed out. Uh, there's always limbs that were missing, you know amputations from explosions right and uh they would come in and as they're coming in i go grab them pick them up we move them onto like the back of these barricades and that's when i start doing you know reassessing make sure like hey everything's still locked in no you know bleeds controlled and i gotta pat them down and make sure they don't have no weapons on them and then completely strip them of their clothes 100 percent naked yeah and uh, and if there's weapons or anything like that you know we got to confiscate it and, and move it on to the next person so that you know a lot of the times when you're under a lot of drugs, because, you know, when you get blown up out there, they, they're dosing you up. Yeah. And uh, as soon as that happens, you know, they, they'll come to and start being combative. So last thing you want is a doctor getting shot in the face because nobody did their job on the outside. Right. Mm -hmm. So that was that was day one, man. Like it was Mascal of seven, I believe it was. And I mean, I had to get a new uniform that same day. Like I just got here and I already knew the uniform. I, I was drenched like all the way down. 
flat Kevlar on, weapon and everything. Everything was on late, and it's hot out there too, blazing hot. And uh, that was that was the first night, man. Um, finally get home. It was like it was like maybe like six, seven in the morning. That shit lasted forever. When I got down, I swear I went back, showered off, laid in the bed. I, as soon as I closed my eyes, I'm like motherfucker. So I go to the door, excuse my language. I go to the door, and I'm like, yes. Chief needs you. I'm like, who the hell are you? <laughs> How do you know me? <laughs> All right. So he's like, oh, my name's such and such and such and such. Yeah, you need to go right now. I'm like, yo, I just, I just lay down. Uh, you gotta go back to work. They don't have a B man in the shop. I'm like, yo, so, so nobody's here. So it's just, it's just us three. So yeah, y'all all three gotta be in there. So I'm like, fuck. So no sleep again. That same later that same week, uh, another seven count, uh, seven mascots coming in, and uh, same thing and um. I remember the first person I pulled out, double amputation. When I tell you that the, from the, the thighs down, it looked like just hanging spaghetti strings. Uh, excuse my French, but one of his testicles was falling out. It was literally all the way out, and then everything else was gone. Um, and one arm and one arm missing. And I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm in shock still from day one, trying to figure out, like, what am I doing here? And now I'm picking up this dude who should be passed out. This guy is still awake yelling at the top of his lungs and i'm like what the hell am i doing here man and i'm moving this thing doing my checks man by like month six dude i was so numb to everything like i didn't care about nothing dude like explosions would go off alarms would go off and i'm like i'm still not i'm just walking i'm just you know a lot of the times they would go off like when we're sleeping and my like my anxiety and my sleep was so terrible because the first thing that goes off Anything, any noise that goes off, I'm like, <laughs> right? You remember that? And um, <laughs> and uh, as soon as that happens, you know, my it takes me forever to like calm back down. And then, um, yeah, after like six months or so, man, I was like, man, I'm sleeping through explosions, fire blowing up, all this craziness. Like I just didn't care anymore, man. Like I was just so numb of everything. Um, and being out there for that long. Bro, it was it was terrible, man. It was terrible because you're constantly seeing crazy stuff, man. I mean, we had a guy that there was a sniper bullet through the neck, man. His whole thing was wide open. It looked like the predator's mouth when he opens it up. That Bro. was wild, man. Yo, it was man. We had a dude that his whole jaw from his nose down was completely blown off from an IED because he kept checking it with his face. Little Afghan army cat. And the and the and the um, EOD cats when he was talking to me about it, I was like, yo, what happened to him? He was like. Yeah, man, we told him to stop checking it with his face, man. We got equipment to do that for us now. And he just thought he was Spider-Man. He was crawling himself up there. And next thing you know, this thing goes off in his face. Dude was still alive, though. Dude was still alive. Little Afghan army cat. Should we had another one? They tried to break in. Uh, they tried to uh, infiltrate, like, you know, one of the one of the groups out there. Like, I don't know, I think it was, like, Taliban or some shit. I don't know. And um, as, they're, uh, as they're putting a C4 on the wall, the thing explodes. Instead of the wall going back that way, it came back on him, the little Afghan army guy. And oh, as man. he was trying to run away, it landed literally all on his, from his mid-back all the way down to his legs. When I tell oh, no. you, bro, when I tell you, when I'm picking this guy up, I, I first of all, I didn't know the mechanism of injury. So as I'm, as I'm getting him from the litter to transfer him to another one, no. I pick up his legs and still there's legs behind. So I, it was terrible, man. It was so terrible. 
And I know, I'm not laughing out of like, it's funny. It's just terrible because, I mean, there's no other way for me to cope with it but to laugh, right? So as I'm picking this up, there's still like more legs. It's like a wet noodle that I'm just trying to pick up out the, out the you know, the pan if it's ready yeah, it's or not, nice. right? It's crazy, man. And and it to to me in the back of my head, because if I don't make myself laugh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna doom me. So I, in the back yeah. of my head, I'm like, yo, he looks like a frog in pants, and I'm like just picking this thing up, and I'm just I'm so terrible. I know my I know, man. I gotta I gotta laugh at this, or else it'll haunt me forever. Because I have yeah. to, man. It's medical. If anybody that serves the medical, they understand. It, it is terrible, man. And, and um, you know, I, he made it. Luckily, he made it. Um, I don't think he was able to utilize um, anything for the ways down, but everything was, it was crushed, man. But anyway, that's, that's for all that craziness, man. It was just nonstop for 14 months straight, man. Um, get, finally got out of there. When I, when I got home, my wife always would tell me, like, man, I don't, I don't recognize you. I don't know who you are. Like, you're here, but you're not. Like, um, every time oh, man, like, when my firstborn, yeah, my firstborn, because uh, my firstborn was born right when I left Afghanistan and she was already one when I got back, like almost one and a half almost. And <sighs> when I had R&R for about 10 days at the like at the 10th month mark, uh, we got pregnant again. Um, and then we had another one, obviously. And when, when I came home, it was like, all right, you left uh, married with one wife. You came back, married, and two kids. And they're both brand new. So one's one-year-old, one's a newborn. So coming from Man. that wildness to, and you know how it is, you have one. Yep. To double that. Yeah, it's not small. Plus mental issues that I was trying to like cope with and trying to get ready. I had, I don't know how I'm still alive, bro. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can, I can only imagine what... That experience is. It sounds like you wasn't even prepared to to embark on that journey for that fourteen months or so. I and went there at I the same time. Fixed, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, my hats off to you. I mean, Navy Corpsman, any combat medic, any anybody who's in the fight doing that. My hats off to them. Uh, you already know from Marine to to Navy sailors. Uh, my Corpsman or fucking family, all right? Uh, but a huge shout out to Steph, man, uh, for holding it down, being super oh, no, for sure, man. Yeah, she's definitely. One of the most important pieces of my life, man. Honestly, without her, there's probably I'd be nowhere, man. Honestly, yo, she, she's very, she's an influential mother, man. Like, there's nothing she's capable of doing, real honestly, man. And I'm not saying that to try to like shine or anything. I'm just being straight up. Like, she's an incredible human being. Like, honestly, dude. Like, from a mother to a wife to a friend to a employee, like she crushes everything and i don't know how the hell she does it or where she finds the energy to do it but i wouldn't be able to do 10 percent of that shit i'm just telling yeah. you, I'm keeping it real yeah it's crazy i have these conversations with a lot of my buddies who are, are like you know they got out or they're just getting ready to retire soon and they said you know like i have six or seven deployments and everybody's like oh man look at that stack that's awesome but he says yeah, I missed uh, multiple child's birthdays. I missed uh, birth. I missed birthdays with my wife. I missed anniversaries. He was like, I would give back every single deployment. I don't care about any of these ribbons because now when when I do retire, my kids don't sit here and like, oh, well, he went on X amount of deployments. My kids are going to remember that I wasn't there for those times. And I was like, man, that, that, that's that got to hit hard. 
So, I mean, you know, I mean, you definitely experienced some of it and you can't get that time back. Right. So at least now from what I'm seeing, I mean, you, you're definitely a family man. And I think that's great, man. So Absolutely, congrats man. on. And I, and on I tell all my great. students because the same thing that you just said, man, like I always tell my students, man, you're like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, that, the other. And the first thing I say to them is everybody wants a story until you got one. And then they be like, dang, all right. You're right. Because the last thing you want is to experience something and not be able to know what to do to navigate yourself through it, especially when you're not at the peak mindset. That's that's yeah. where fortitude, resiliency, you know, your you just your upbringing, how hard you had it in life, the struggles you've experienced is what's going to get you there. It's never going to be yeah. the good stuff that gets you there. And I never, I, I, I never advocate unless you truly have to see a, you know, a therapist for something, you know, especially when it's something extremely serious. I, I am the first person to say that because going to see mental health did nothing, but I feel made matters worse for me because as they're dumping these medications into you, your, your body is trying to be normal, but it's all this extra stuff is on top of it. Then you, you know, and then you're getting suppressed, then you're getting induced. And this is just a mixture of craziness going on inside of you that you can't control. Yeah. The best way that I found that was so therapeutic to me, go to the gym. All right, I go think that's gym. number one, bro. Um, go to the gym. I advocate for a lot, man. I advocate for the the gym for sure. I advocate for you know if seeking that therapy, mm-hmm. talking to that psychiatrist, and mm-hmm. and I mean I, I tried the pills, man. I, I, mean, I keep it real. Mm-hmm. I don't love them. Um, I don't Me even too. take them now, right? I don't even take them now. Uh, but for the I individuals who do take them and they get something for it, then go ahead, man. Absolutely. Uh, but but exactly said. I mean, not everything's gonna work for everybody. I also don't agree. You know, just to a thousand pills i think this is one dude i forgot his name but he was a recon marine and he has a podcast and he talks about the va starter pack he was like if you go over there and talk mm. to the va they give you a million different uppers and downers and like you don't even know mm-hmm. what you're taking anywhere and mm-hmm. it's like but then he says you don't need any of that what you need is to be a man and go to the gym and, and be a good husband and be Facts. a good father and that's what Facts. you start doing to take care take Facts. care of yourself so you can take care of your family so yes, I'm an advocate for that 100. percent So if yes, you're listening, yes, don't, don't let the don't let our opinion of the pills take away. I mean, if it's helping you, then keep taking it. If therapy's working, but if you're not going yes. to the gym, then <laughs> go get those gains in because that's what's helping me yes. uh, with my journey. I was thinking about it today, man. I was on a walk and I was like, you know what? I haven't been feeling the feeling of depression and anxiety as much as I was when I was leaving the military or even after the military. Mm. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what is it? And and I mean, it's as simple as this. I started controlling my drinking. I started, you mm-hmm. know meditating and listening to podcasts reading books and mm-hmm. doing all these other things that's helping me but alcohol is number one it, i slowed mm-hmm. that thing down and i was like wow i feel 10 times better i'm in the gym i'm feeling good i don't feel mm-hmm. sad i don't feel certain type of way but mm-hmm. i mean that's the story for another time absolutely uh, but as as we as we oh, excuse me as we start to wrap this up man for anybody who maybe they experience some of the same things like you uh whether it be feeling like they're not smart enough or they're going through a hard time or maybe they, they receive that NJP or hit that bump in the road. What is that one piece of advice you have for them to keep on pushing, man? Your life is what you make of it, right? No matter how hard things get, you can always persevere as long as you know that there's hope there. If you give up hope, then you give up the fight. But as long as you keep pushing forward, Fight back, no matter what it is that you got to do. You know what it is you got to do. 
everybody knows what they got to do. They just got to make the choice to stand up and do it. The moment you give up, the fight is lost. You got to fight. Well said. Well said, bro. Awesome, man. We could do this all day. Uh, I am going to start cutting it short, though, because I know that me and you could just chit chat all night long. And I do got to wrap it up here shortly. However, I'll start with this, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Like I said earlier, when we started this, man, your family, your your, your brother from another brother, bro. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on the episode and tell your story. Because honestly, a lot of the story, I don't even know. Like a lot, if someone's listening, they're like, oh, he just brought some dude on. He's telling his story. They already know. But half of the story, I didn't know. So I appreciate you having the, the courage to throw it down on the table, man. I appreciate you, boss. I appreciate awesome. you. Thank Let, you for having me, man. Yeah. Last thing, if anybody wants to follow you, whether it be Instagram, whatever the case may be, where can they get in touch with Joel Acevedo? Um, the only place that you could probably hit me up is going to be on Instagram. Is my uh, my Instagram name is Ace Boogie, uh, four twenty nine. B O O G I E, four twenty nine. That's that's where you can hit awesome, me up. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, hi, bro. Just like that, thank you for listening to Resilience on the Rocks. Wait up, okay.